1: Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibbiani. I'm a film critic for the internet. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibel. I, too, am a film critic for the whole of the
0: internet. But actually, now we have our own website. But it, it is now channeled through a bottleneck directly into your face.
1: Yeah, if you go to criticallyacclaimed.net, you mm-hmm. can get... Because uh, .com was taken, but no one's using it. <laughs> Critically has a bunch of new content from you and me, and That's also great. links to all of our other content on sites like IGN, The Wrap, and so on and so forth.
0: You no longer have to run around with an Easter basket picking up all our stuff. It's
1: all in one pile now. Yeah. It's not getting all <laughs> soggy with the, the, the eggs. Uh, they always used to put them out like first thing in the morning when everything was freshly covered in a Easter dew. And then you put them in the basket and everything gets all soggy and then your dad gets mad at you.
0: That's that's kind of gross. Yeah, your family did it oddly. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, the, the really the really horrifying years were uh, the years when uh, you found more eggs than were hidden, because there were some, <laughs> there were some that were left over from the previous year.
1: <laughs> Fun fact: were, I believed in the Easter Bunny longer than I believed in Santa Claus. Really? I thought like, well, the, okay, Santa, fine. Easter Bunny, that Easter Bunny. That's is. that's that's the that's the God's honest truth.
0: Now, how old were you? Like 28? 20. 20? 20? Twenty just
1: twenty. Okay. Uh and, and while you're not laughing at that, good news. We actually have we have a comedian with us here this week uh to talk about a show that he was in. We have another guest who is actually involved with the program that they're talking about. Uh, we and not on, on top of that, uh he is the first double belt holder at the movie trivia Schmodown. You know his name, you know his fame, you know his lame. Mm-hmm.
2: Sam Levine. Oh, Hello, Sam thank Levine. you. Thank you so much. What a what a treat it is to be here. Uh, wait, one season or less? Yes. That's right. What's less than one season? Well, for example, a failed pilot. We've done okay. those. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another, actually, uh, we just got, someone sent us in the mail, a copy of Emily's Reasons Why Not. Oh, oh I can think of a bunch. Yeah, yeah. that was canceled after one episode. <laughs> one episode, episode. Uh, that's right. One episode, and it's from the creator of the show we we're reviewing this week. Oh! Huh? Some oh. weird bit of synergy there. We I will review that in the future.
0: She, she's the Phalenist showrunner. I am of all so time.
2: glad I did not accidentally mention that to her as a <laughs> punchline at any point. That is something I might have done. Ooh, she's so, yeah, she's been holding a, hold a thing program. That's
1: one reason why. Oh, yeah. not. I mean. So Sam Levine, you are you are not just a brilliant trivia Smith. <laughs> oh please. Uh, you are also a, a, an actor. I'm curious
2: uh, how the twain doth meet. Uh I. Have I have always considered myself a fan first, Um, because, like, uh, I I was not born uh, an actor. I was born a fan, though. Um, I I, I became... In the doctor's office, watching Star (laughs) Trek. I I was born, and they were like, it's a boy, and I was like, Con (laughs) Um, They... uh, uh no i'm i've I've always loved film and television uh and so even when I started pursuing acting when I was young um as, as fun as it was to be in something, I was still i got almost more enjoyment <laughs> watching something mm. um and to this day, I'd rather go see a great movie than be in a great movie, but that's just because i'm lazy well, if, um, if you're in a
0: great movie, you can watch that great movie I can I'd get both experiences I can.
2: Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think of myself as like, first and foremost, I'm a fan. So sometimes when I'm in projects that I know are terrible, uh, I am sad because th- this is bad and I am sad that it will be out there for the fans. But when I'm in good projects, I'm very happy. Well, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're in bad projects and you've been in a lot. Oh my God. Some of the, so
1: many. Years. I mean, you've been <laughs> in a lot of projects. That's no, what I mean. And some of them are bad. ill-fated. But here's what I'm talking about. There's a lot of cool people involved Sure. with a lot of these things. How, how much of your time on set is spent just geeking out, like Chris Farley in SNL? Just like, tell yeah. me about
2: Doctor Who. <laughs> um, it really depends. The, the vibe of the set has to be right if I want to geek out on somebody. Uh, a perfect example is um, when I was shooting the pilot of Freaks and Geeks, Tom mm-hmm. Wilson uh, was there. Tom Wilson, of course, his most famous role is Biff Tannen from the Back to the Future trilogy. Right, And so I'm uh, 17 years old, just 17 years old. And all I want to do is geek out on Tom about Back to the Future. And he was so sweet and very polite to me about it and answered all my dumb questions. And then when the show got picked up, I kept kind of hounding him. And finally he said, look, Sam, uh you're a you're a real sweet kid and everything, but uh, I don't know how long this show's going to go on. So uh, I'm going to have to declare a moratorium on Back to the Future related questions at the millennium.
1: <laughs> so this was right
2: now we're talking like August 1999. He was like, "You got four good months." <laughs> That's a lot. You can get a all lot your months. questions in. But come January 1st, 2000, uh, I gotta move on. Yeah. I used to work
1: retail yeah. in Los oh. Angeles, and there would be tons of celebrities who like worked at Laser Blazer, who mm-hmm. actually rented Laserdiscs still. And celebrities would come in, and we knew who was cool to talk to and who wasn't. Yeah, Just like, oh, Donald Sutherland's in here. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just do like, the, he's the nice. Age. Don't don't make it a thing. Like, it. He's, he's Donald Sutherland. He gets it enough. And then there'd be people you just don't talk to about certain things like sure. Peter McNichol, a okay. great actor, but I was told I have no experience with this, so I don't maybe someone was exaggerating. I was just told don't mention Ghostbusters too. He, Why doesn't, the like, he fuck doesn't like he doesn't like talking about I guess that's um, the one thing people talk about. And I was like, can I mention Dragon Slayer? And there's like, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> like what? That's been, what, do you, what do you want okay, to talk about? Know Numbers? Ali <laughs> McBeal? Ally McBeal <laughs> I, I, was a big thing for him. I, I met
0: Peter McNichol. Yeah. Uh, I I was was at a a vigil for the death penalty, <laughs> and he was there. Wow. He was, he was like one of the celebrity appearances at, at this death penalty vigil. Jesus. And uh, he... Uh,
1: this took a serious turn.
0: Well, and, and he was just sort of like, he was, he was just palling about and talking to people, and I just passed by and was like, hey, that's Peter McNichol. And I said, hey, I loved you in Dracula. And it, he lit up. Because <laughs> he was in Mel Brooks' Dracula, Straight Dead, and is Loving It. Me. Which, sure. which, like he was hilarious. Nobody likes, but like maybe three people. And, and, I'm, I'm, and, and we're two, two of We're them. two of them, yeah. so... And yeah, it kind of lit up. He's like, yeah, thanks a lot. I, I think he even said something like, nobody ever mentions that one.
1: People usually like, like it when you mention the thing people get, don't mention. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I can tell you, for me personally, I love it when they mention the thing nobody mentions. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Uh, uh, got uh, any- I got to impress Dean Cameron with my Rockula knowledge once. <laughs> oh. Oh. I had a midnight screening of Rockula at the New Beverly... That was the best screening ever. Of course, it was. I got him to you know, sign my laser disc.
0: Get, d- getting Dean Cameron in any circumstance, I think he's happy to talk to you. Hey, now, nah. <laughs> didn't you see Miracle Beach? The man is a legend. He is a legend. I oh. agree. Um, so, but you, Sam Levine, however, has been well, in some of the finest feature films you, you, of all time. <laughs> uh, like, you've probably seen Inglorious Bastards more than most humans. I've seen Inglorious Bastards about a hundred times. That's Literally.
2: Many That's, more than I
0: have. It's, it's, well, he projects it. <laughs> it's part
1: of my job. I project I just, it every. Ah, like, at on, the New Beverly. On,
0: on, like for five weeks
1: straight at Got the it. New Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. Got Got it. It. But uh, you were also uh, part of one of my favorite comedies ever, Wet Hot American Summer? Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. No, you were, thank you. We we Were, you, were you only the voice of the beekeeper?
2: I was the voice of already the beekeeper. I yeah. always wondered, how did that happen? Did they always want you to display the voice? I just, like, no. randomly? No. So, originally, I auditioned for the role, like, to be in the movie, and they were casting only local New York actors, mm. and I was already living out here, so I was—keeping in mind this is May of 2000— I was putting myself on tape in my home on VHS and then overnight FedExing the VHS to David Wayne's New York office. Nice. And so he'd get it in the morning, look at it, call me in the afternoon, give me notes and say, send me another one like this. And so then I'd do another one that night, send it out to him before five o'clock. God, thank God for Skype. And he'd look at it and he called me. And so we did. Th- I did three different tapes, three days in a row for him. That cost me like $100 Jeez, yeah. in overnighting fees. Mm. Nah. Did they pay you more than $100 Dude. to be involved in the movie? I don't remember. I doubt <laughs> it. Um, and so then then there was just radio silence. I was like, oh, okay, guess I wasn't good enough. I don't know. And so I completely forgot about it. And then six months later, uh, I get a phone call from David Wayne, who wakes me up at 8 in the morning on a Saturday. And he's like, Sam... Uh, I don't know. I feel like I probably should have hired you the first go around. I don't know. We hired this kid. He had this great look. We all thought he was going to be fantastic, but he just doesn't have this radio voice and we need like a proper voice to do like the morning announcement stuff. So I don't know. Can I fly you to New York and just have you like dub his lines? (laughs) I said, sure. So that's exactly what happened. I, I flew to New York, and, and it was me and David Wayne and Michael Showalter in an ADR booth for like two hours, mm-hmm. just dubbing all of the kids' dialogue on camera and off. I have, a good, I have it on good authority. That's exactly what happened with Glenn
1: Close and Tarzan. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Just David Wayne brought her over. Yep. He wasn't da- even involved. <laughs> no. It was really weird. He showed so up. He was so
2: young, too. Yeah, I know. He was it a was baby. Uh-huh. Uh But yeah, so that that was it. and then And then it probably never would have... Gone Anywhere for me had uh, Freaks and Geeks and then, you know, the, the rest of my career, if we can call it that, uh, like Gone Anywhere. And only because it did, did sort of become this fun little trivia factoid uh, that, hey, did you know uh, Sam was the voice of the kid, the beekeeper in the movie? Oh, how about that? And so, you know, whatever it was, over a decade later when they wanted to do First Day of Camp. Mm. I was not going to be involved in that. David had threatened that I'd be involved, and then forgot about that. And then they were in post, and he calls me. He's like, "All right, uh, we need a voice again. Can I bring you in the dub the kid again?" Like, yes. Is it the same kid? No. Oh, because okay. the the, the kid from the movie is in his twenties now. I guess we first yeah, yeah. First uh, so but, they, like, the joke is all the other later, actors yeah. are older, but right. the kids I, are. And, kids. I, and I and I feel kind of bad because I, I was one of the very few people who has actually seen the first two Arties with their real voices. <laughs> uh, the second kid from First Day Camp, he's really talented, and I think he's going to oh, work a ton. All right, uh, which isn't to say the first kid wasn't talented. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's a cool young actor. Just it, mm-hmm. the voice. I wasn't what they were looking for was not what David wanted ultimately so that's all mm-hmm. it came down mm-hmm. to alright so that's it what?
1: <laughs> movie trivia yeah you you have two movie trivia schmodown belts if you're not familiar with it we talked about it before on the show there's a thing it's called the movie trivia schmodown bada bing Sam yeah you have two belts do. does Christian let you like
2: keep them at your house um here's the thing uh Christian's very protective of those belts so I pulled a Mona Lisa swap. Um, the real the belt
0: coming <laughs> up. <We're laughs> like, how I get, does this I happen? picture you now, like in your home, with like, like those it, light up magnifying lenses over your yep. eyes, like kind of etching your own
2: That's belt, Exactly kind of, like, right. Things yeah. you have in yeah. your yes. kitchen,
0: like tin cans and stuff. I
2: am the world's foremost uh, schmodown belt forger. Forger, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I have actually at one point I did take the singles belt home after I wanted it spectacular uh, but since then he does not he does not let me he take doesn't trust you no he Makes doesn't sense. trust me and I told him I want to do a fun photo shoot with him but uh, wearing you know,
1: nothing but the belt god damn right, All right.
0: Uh, well now I can wear well, his two piece the, the the dudes of Schmodown needs mm. to happen like wall calendar
1: yes <laughs> just the Yes, actually, the dudes. The dudes of Schmo— But we're all dressed like firefighters for some reason, but it's full regalia. Well, except Just for, cover.
0: Except for Sam.
1: Who Sam I is both. Well, I say now. it's all
2: of us dressed as the dude from the Big Lebowski. Mm. The, 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 the dudes. dudes. Nice. Uh, so it's all of us at various dude stages. Mm. Uh,
0: I I, do I, like, I would prefer to be Walter, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Walter. And I get August. We'll see about it. <laughs> Dibs on August.
1: I have to take issue with you about one thing, though, because I heard
2: you on the uh Shmode 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 and Rundown. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you knew Joseph Cotton. Was You're I wrong goddamn about right, I you I'm Joseph sorry. Cotton.
1: You specifically called me out and said I, no one knew. But Rachel, who Joseph Cotton? You know, as, played as soon as I as came. soon as
2: I said it, I was like, oh fuck, did Bibbs know? I don't. I don't remember if he did. I just remember walking off, and everyone who I immediately <laughs> looked at, I was like, did anybody know Joseph Cotton? And everybody said no. But you might. I guess I knew you were there, mm-hmm. but you must not have been mm-hmm. standing right there. I must not have been. I'm sorry, Bibbs. What was the exact question? I retract question? my statement. The
1: exact question was, who played Jedediah Leland? Oh, that, that, Joseph Cotton. Scott.
2: Yeah, my sincere <laughs> apologies, Bibs. <Pips. laughs>
0: all right, all right. <laughs> it's all, Only one of the who most famous movies ever. You have you have, a,
1: you have uh, another match coming up against the hated Patriots. Yes, a Bes- rematch. Besides the Patriots, yeah. who, who are you worried about?
2: Uh, getting tired. Okay, just in general,
1: <laughs> just just a bit
2: sleepy. I don't know. I, I I'm worried about everyone. I mean, I've said this any time it comes up when we talk Schmo down on yeah. any given day. Any team, any player can have the game of their lives. And uh, conversely, any great player or team can have the worst game of their lives. So you can't look at it on a chart and go, oh, this this match is a slam dunk for so-and-so. Because you never know. There's that crazy luck involved. Mm. There's that crazy mental block thing that can happen. A person can be tired. They could have not slept well enough or whatever it is. So in any given day, anyone can win. Anyone can lose. I'm simultaneously worried about everyone and throw my hands up, going, "I don't care. It is what it is." You could have just said, "Us." (laughs) Well, I don't want to. Right here, I don't want to single anyone else out. Like you're calling me out. Of course, I'm worried about you guys. I'm getting. Of we, we've so I we've do.
0: done well and we've done poorly conversion. Well, actually, even when we did poor even when we lost, we didn't do poorly. It yeah, came it was down to the last 26, question. And, that yeah. was pretty good. Came down to the last question. Ours was hard, theirs was easy. It's all yeah, okay. it's it's kind, it of, kind of luck of the draw.
1: Yeah. Bada bing, bada bing, bang, boom. All right. We did the shtick. Did we? We talked about the movie Trivia showdown. Great. Everyone happy? Everyone good? Good, because I want to talk about Mm-hmm. When we started doing this show and we said, hey, we're reviewing TV shows that got canceled too soon. God, this is like the first one anybody one ever of, Like After Firefly, <laughs> and we explained we're not doing Firefly, uh, everyone said, oh, well, then you got to do mm. Selfie. Do you take Maureen? All Eliza Dooley ever wanted was to make a real connection. To be your lawful wedded wife. To have and to you have a
0: text. Pick up and read your text. Ring, ring.
1: Sorry. Now, she may have mastered social
0: media, but her social life... He was married? ...is a mess. I have poor instincts, a weak stomach, no real friends, and... Loose sexual morals. Have we met? It is possible to be beautiful on the outside and still butt on the inside. Like Gwyneth Paltrow. Please, just change me. I can change you. Tuesdays this fall. Repeat after me. How are you? How are you? Answer these questions. The thing I'm most confused by. Plus, I skinny jeans. It's like... a new comedy about finding yourself eliza don't think that you're getting it but you are in fact missing it and making a real connection wow eliza you look amazing thank you thank you how are
2: you you?
1: good Good. selfie tuesdays this fall on abc boom selfie selfie (laughs) <laughs> it was. I guess it was relatively freshly cancelled at the time. I think it was when, fresh when we first fresh- announced it. Yeah, just
0: gone off the it air. Was, it, like was, it was kind of recently. in the and year, it was clear that it was not coming back.
1: Definitely mm-hmm. not. No, and it, w- it w- Sometimes you say like, "Oh yeah, you know, maybe Arrested Development will come back, or right. or maybe Buffy the Vampire Slayer will one day have some sort of renaissance." is
2: probably done. Selfie yeah. will absolutely never come back because whatever it took to get Karen Gillan. In 2014, multiply that by 30. Well, because yeah. now she's in all those Marvel movies, yeah. so she's like extra popular.
1: But she's really nice. Oh, she's lovely. And I've interviewed her a couple of times. Scottish. <laughs> that she, was she, how it, that's my Scottish she Scottish? Is, she is Scott, Scottish. Mm-hmm. Scots? Scottish. Uh, uh, stop, just stop.
0: Just stop. You're, you're embarrassing
1: all of us. All right, right. let's stuff. get the meat and potatoes out of the way. Selfie aired on ABC from September 30th. Uh, through November seventh, and then they burned off the last several episodes on Hulu, where it is still currently available. Oh, it's, really? You can, watch it on you can Hulu. still watch every, it now. Every oh, last episode. Is I, on I don't now, think really. I've
2: seen a bunch of the episodes that I was in. Yeah, uh,
1: it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, several years yours didn't make the 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 mm-hmm. ABC cut. Uh, it aired opposite NCIS yep. and The Voice. Yep, which destroyed it, of course. Uh, and it was created by Emily Kapnick, uh who created the actually rather popular animated series As Told by Ginger. Mm-hmm. Uh the I guess I think it's a sitcom Suburgatory Yeah. And is and also created the rather notorious Cancel too soon series Emily's Reasons Why Not as we've already discussed. Cancelled after one episode. Uh it's it was an adaptation a loose adaptation, a contemporization <laughs> yeah. of My Fair Lady uh with Karen oh, Gillan.
0: Pygmalion, please.
1: with Karen Gillan playing the Eliza Doolittle role except here she's actually superficially already fabulous but she's internally emotionally psychologically rather hollow Mm -hmm. and then we have uh, Henry uh, Higgins Henry Higgins played by uh, the great John Cho Mm -hmm. uh, from Star Trek Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him in Columbus that's a brilliant movie Mm -hmm. Um, yeah he plays the Henry Higgins role Henry Higgs get it? oh I got it get it? I'll wait I'll wait I will wait for you to get that Mm -hmm. okay we're good uh, and he is going to teach her how to be a more whole person and be less focused on social media. At, at her request. At her request. Yeah, this, I, so taking a bit of the edge off of the sort of condescension yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. that's inherent to Pygmalion and My Fair Lady.
0: Uh, I missed the condescension, frankly, but we'll get into that.
1: Yeah, so out of curiosity, uh, what's, everyone's, what's everyone's vibe, what's everyone's mm-hmm. relationship with Pygmalion slash My Fair Lady? Sam? Um, I have no problem. I mean, I'm not. am not asking you to, to cry. I'm just curious. Do you have a preference? Do you like one more than the other? I grew
2: up with my mother making me watch My Fair Lady many, many times. So mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. guess that's my preference. Okay, Whitney,
0: Pygmalion. Um, you know what? I haven't read the show novel. I feel really it's not a novel. A it's a,
1: it was a play. Pl- play. It was a play. You ever seen, the seen, seen a movie?
0: I haven't seen a Pygmalion movie. Either. No, there's, a, there's a I've seen My Fair Lady Criterion. of course.
1: Yeah. Well, they're both great. Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm intimately familiar with the story, though. uh, Sam, I'm curious, just might as well just start here. Yeah. How did you get on board with Selfie?
2: Uh, So here's how I became involved in the project. Um, When they were shooting Selfie as a pilot, uh, they just called and offered me a role in the pilot as a guest star. Hmm. Um, And it was one day of shooting uh, for not very much money. Um, And I was very worried because I wanted to do it. But I was shooting a, an independent feature uh, at the time in Los Angeles. And I was not enjoying myself very much on this movie. And I was already lamenting having agreed to be in it. And now I was really worried that it was going to cost me uh, a better job. Um, and so I got very, very lucky in that the date that Selfie wanted to shoot with me was the day after I wrapped on this movie. Uh, The only issue was the movie that I was shooting our last week was all uh, we shot well into the middle of the night Mm. because we were doing interiors and we were so over, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, beyond uh, behind on schedule. So we had so much to make up. And so every day we were shooting until two, three in the morning. And this was what I knew would be our last day shooting and I had this legitimate fear I'd still be shooting this movie at 6, 7 in the morning and that's the time I'd have to be over at Selfie. So I told the guys, uh, the the production crew and the director, I was like I am leaving this set at 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) Because my call time was like 11 a.m. that day. Uh, I was like, I am done at 2.30. I will walk off the set. I don't care. Where we're at. And uh, sure enough, 2.30 came and went. And we were still, we had so much to owe. And so I stayed until 4.30 in the morning. Finally wrapping out at 4.30, I went home, had a quick shower, <laughs> and then had to drive to the set of Selfie. Uh, they were downtown, and I had to be on set at 7. <sighs> so, Were you playing that, Sleepy Man? No, uh, I was playing uh, a young man who was getting
1: married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the groom at the wedding <clears> in this. Now I one Here's the deal, though. Yeah, you could use that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the night before your wedding. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Bachelor, bachelor party. Bachelor party. Yeah. Is that what
2: you were thinking, or were you just like, I gotta get to this goddamn day? No, I, the problem was my character didn't have any lines uh, in the selfie <laughs> pilot, and that's and that's what they they told me that when they offered it to me. they were like, he doesn't have any lines, but if the show goes to series, he's going to be a major character. Mm. And I was like, okay. I'll take the gamble. I'll roll the dice for that. Sure. So uh, I knew I didn't have anything to memorize, which was terrific. Uh, but I didn't know how to play the character, even reacting mm. to things. So when I got to set that day, like I found Emily uh, Kaepernick, the, the 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 creator, and I was like, "Can you tell me anything about this guy?" <laughs> And so she told me he's very happy-go-lucky, you know, very optimistic, like, this is the greatest day of his life. Look at this woman. He's marrying an amazing actress, Haley Marie Norman, who's a good friend of mine now. And and so I was like, okay, great, done. So I just had a beaming ear-to-ear grin the whole time we were shooting. Um, And uh, I was exhausted, but the power of Red Bull compels me. So... (laughs) Uh, I, I just, I, I think that's maybe the most like Red Bulls and coffees I've ever drank on a set just to get through it. Cause we shot a lot. Uh, and, and luckily they didn't need me once the sun went down. So it wasn't, mm. it wasn't a true 48 hour experience, but it was, it was, it was pretty rough. I noticed,
1: and this, I, I get it now because there's the scene in the church. We just heard a little bit of it with Karen Gillan interrupting mm-hmm. the wedding. Oh, how wacky. Uh, And then there's, like, the last shot of you, I think, in the pilot is everyone's leaving the church, and hurrah, throwing the rice, exploding the pigeons. And one thing I noticed was the first thing Sam did was untuck his shirt. You're running running out of your wedding with an untucked shirt. Really? Yes. Mm. That must have been an accident. Oh, I thought it was a deliberate character
2: choice. No, no. no. (laughs) I might have untucked it, not realizing I was on camera, or it may have just come out as I was aggressively running. That might have mm. been the case. And that's probably the case. That was all You're of what human. they had me wearing was uh, ill-fitting. Uh, they, they they asked me if I owned a tux, and I do, and I sent them pictures of it, and they were like, no, the, it, it, it's this is too contemporary. We need you in something more traditional. And I was like, okay. So I think they took me to, like, a Gary's tux shop or some, nice. like a men's warehouse-type place. <laughs> I remember meeting one of the wardrobe people there on a Saturday uh, to do like a fitting, and everything was way too big on me. And they were like, well, we'll oh, tailor kill it." for that problem. And then I and then, and then I showed up on set, and nothing had been tailored. <laughs> cool. Mm. Uh, but yeah, well, so that luckily that's, it did go to series. It did, did, it did. It did get some, to series. You know, and so I speaking lines. I um, I uh, many years of my life have made it a point to go to New York during the week of the upfronts. Uh, the network upfronts uh, are a, for those who don't know, that's a, that's a one-week span in the middle of May every year where all of the major broadcast networks and now some of the cable networks unveil their new fall and mid-season lineups to advertisers, the affiliates, and the press.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so it's a, it is a big to-do week in New York. And I always went because whether I was involved in a show or not, because it's a safe week to leave Los Angeles as an actor. You're not going to miss anything. There's no big meetings. Nothing's going on. Um, my family is all lives right outside of New York, so I could go visit them, and then I could go into the city every day and crash all the fun industry parties. <laughs> a great reason to go to New York every year, if it you know you can. So I did, and I already had my plans to go, and then I basically snuck into the ABC uh, party the -hmm. night that they unveiled that Selfie had been picked up, and I snuck in with the express plan of, like, finding the Selfie people, finding Emily, and congratulating her on the pilot being picked up, and then gently reminding her, hey, (laughs) (laughs) remember how I did the thing for free, basically, because you said that, well, hope to see you in summer. Um, And uh, unfortunately, Emily was not there, but the rest of the cast was. And Mm. I've known John Cho a long time. He's an excellent dude. Um, I uh, Let's see. No, that wouldn't happen. uh, I saw Karen at the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy premiere, but that didn't happen until August of that year. Um, Anyway... Uh, it was great. I, I ran into a bunch of them and other studio and network people, and so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I was glad that I saw them and could congratulate all of them and remind them that I had done this little role in the pilot. Well, was there a fear that they
0: would forget you, or were you oh, just sure. trying to reassure that, all right?
2: No, that happened. I mean, if I had uh, $1 for every time I have heard the phrase... Uh, Oh, we got to have you on the show. Or, oh, we got to have you back on the show. Mm. And I mean, it amounts to zero. Yeah. Mm. I would have more dollars than I have. <laughs> I just want to say one thing right now. We said we got to have you on the show. Mm. That's Enjoy true. Um, although. The pay. We have to talk about the pay. I yeah, we would I like, like some. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ten bucks is ten bucks. So yeah, 10 you know
1: what? It's true. You can uh, you know what? Look at my D V D collection? Choose. Oh boy! Um uh, no no, not that one. no. no, Yeah, that, one. yeah, yeah that, that's true. Totally. That, that would happen. But yeah. we you're we can, grab
0: a Tati Criterion box set. And I think you wince a little bit.
1: One of the things I like about uh selfie. That's yeah. show. Yeah. Uh is it really, it feels like almost like an early 1930s, 1940s, very broadly caricatured romantic comedy, done mm-hmm. uh, so in a sitcom uh, kind uh, of uh, environment. Not Howard Hawks. Um, Preston, Preston Sturgis. Sturgis yeah. Very yeah. Preston Sturges. Every character is just a little broad, a little yep. heightened. Um, mm-hmm. And that's great for a sitcom because of what you want in a sitcom are characters who are very particular, mm-hmm. and you drop them into any situation, and you know what they do, and you know it would be funny. Yep. So. Can you tell me about sort of working that dynamic now that you finally are going to have speaking lines? Because yeah. uh, your character gets to sort of, you're so eager to please, and you mm-hmm. married the boss's daughter. Yeah. And then there's an episode where they go to the boss's, like, resort, which looks like the Disney, like, <laughs> n- it looks like the New Mexico Disney <laughs> sort of retreats that they have, which uh-huh. is really weird. But they sent us for the John Carp- uh, John Carter junket. Uh, no, no expense too great for John Carter. Um, <laughs> oh, is that where the junket
2: was for John? Carter? Oh yeah, yeah. That, they shipped that, this oh, out wow. to like Santa Fe. To Santa Fe. That, yeah. that well, that house uh, is in pff, near Simi Valley here in Los okay. Angeles. Uh, no one has lived in that house, I think, in 15 years. Like they exclusively rented out for productions and events. Yeah. And I got a kick out of the entire last season of Last Man on Earth was shot there. So every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I know that house, boy. It's a fucking drive out there. I drove a carriage outside. I that sure house. did. I drove uh, two horses on a, on a oh. carriage. Is that on your house. resume? Like, I know how to drive a carriage. Is that no? Useful? Because that was real dicey. I had to get there super early <laughs> the day we shot that to be trained in how to like guide those horses. And, uh, there was one take we did where I'm like, they're like, and go. And so I give the horse a little yeehaw. And then they start walking and then I'm like, whoo hoo, and they're not stopping. <laughs> and then the, like their trainer, like had to run over and like, and like forcibly stop them. And we just, we were really off the mark, like another step. And we would have been going downhill and <laughs> it could have been really bad. And that's how you killed John. Joe, Joe. and Karen Gillen. <sighs> because I was jumping. I was jumping for <laughs> it. Sorry, guys, you're on your own. Would
1: <laughs> have been great for the blooper reel. Oh boy, the, um, the, the death of the leads. <laughs> <it'd been> great <laughs> really great. Uh, um, so, listen, Selfie is a, a, a sitcom mm-hmm. that is trying to marry an old-fashioned uh, sensibility with a actually a very modern uh, problem. The mm-hmm. idea of people living on social media, yeah. people presenting themselves as mm-hmm. someone and yet living uh, lives in person uh, that are rather hollow. Uh, and that's something, that level of sort of social development, that this is a relatively new lifestyle and sort of problem that people deal with, is something that a lot of people have struggled to make cinematic mm-hmm. and try to turn into a, an interesting story and not a superficial story. Sure. And oftentimes people try and it's super lame because they don't actually know how the technology works. We've all seen movies where, they, where they, they whiffed it.
0: Or they they don't have rights to like certain brand names. You can't mm. say Instagram or Facebook or Twitter because they'd have to pay money to those. So they have to, on the fly, come up with some sort of reasonable facsimile. Mm-hmm. And it can't work exactly the same way. And, of course, these are TV writers. They're not tech people. So, yeah, it, does, it doesn't function in any sort of... Anything that anybody would actually use.
1: One of my favorite is when they reuse the same one over again. We ran into this when we did Freaky Links. <laughs> with the many shows that have used the fake search engine Finder Spider. Finder Spider. Ah. Well, you remember Web Crawler, right? Sure! No?
0: No, no? Web no. Crawler?
1: I, I do. I Lycos? Yeah. GeoCities? Excite. I remember GeoCities.
0: Tripod. <laughs>
1: Whitney still it, has a Hotmail account. I have a
0: Hotmail account. That's still active? I thought they... No, it's not. You can't open a new <laughs> yeah. Hotmail account. If you
1: still have it, they have to still let you, but you can't get yeah. a new one. Yeah. Cool.
0: Microsoft bought it, so you can only set up you know, at msn.com, right. but you can't, uh, you can't set up a Hotmail account. If you have one, you've had it like, since know, the 90s. I was grandfathered. at for you. So I still mm-hmm. have my Hotmail Good account. Good
1: for you. Clinging um, onto it like grim death. But Whitney, how do you feel about this? Because I know you're a bit of a Luddite.
0: Excuse me. Um. How do I feel about the, 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 the series? P- selfie, the, plot,
1: the premise. Tell me about it, because I want to kind of get your general.
0: Well, uh, I mean, it, it it plays right into uh, the sensibilities of the luddite. One of the main character, two main characters, is a luddite, and the one who is media obsessed is seen. Uh, her habits are seen as kind of villainous, or uh, the things that's eroding her character. So, you know, if if one is a luddite, one can really jibe with something like selfie.
1: Okay, so th- so you um, liked
0: it. Uh, I like John Cho.
1: Go on. I like uh, Charmonique. She was really great. Uh, yeah, Charmonique. I actually like... Uh, played by uh, Divine Joy Randall from mm-hmm. Empire and Office Christmas Party.
0: She She's yep. the receptionist, and yep. she's really here. In fact, yep. I liked the entire cast, except for Karen Gillan. Whoa! I think... Whoa! I think this would have been a great show with her removed, um, because it's set in uh, an ad agency for children's products. Sure is. And all of the characters... For children's pharmaceutical for chi- products. For children's pharmaceuticals. Yeah, just So it's, it's a really, really sort of niche office. And they have to deal with, professionally, children. And every single one of the characters, except for Karen Gillan, really, are kind of really uptight. They're really tight-lipped. They're really serious, and they're very adult. And I think there's a really great sitcom about adult figures trying to be, like, incredibly professional about something that's really kind of silly and childish. And the the central drama is sort of that, or the, I guess the central tone would be that clash between these serious people trying to do something kind of silly. And what does
1: that have to do with re- selfie?
0: Pardon? What does that have to do with the with the premise? Well, that's John Cho's arc. He, uh-huh. he dates somebody who's, like, really very serious, and they're so dry that they're kind of funny, and all of these dry characters interacting in a dry fashion... Trying to interact with each other and with the world, I think, is a hilarious premise. It just
1: sounds like you take more issue with the character of Eliza Dooley than you do with Mm -hmm. Karen Gillan. That's what I mean. Okay, just because it sounded like you just didn't think she was Karen Gillan
0: would have been fine as maybe, like, a supporting character who, like, floats in and out and is, like, the media-obsessed, like, social media-obsessed one that the other characters just don't understand and they make jokes at her expense, perhaps, but having her being the lead character It's
2: it's about soured me her. A bit. I know. I let, let me let me say this and... and, and change focus and I think it's no, a little bit No, Here's better, why better. I, I, I respectfully disagree, but mm. only because I have uh unique knowledge. Mm. Um Full disclosure, I am not a Doctor Who fan, so I did not know Karen's previous work Mm -hmm. or really much about her at all before I started working on the show. Mm -hmm. And it was quite something to chat with her in real life Mm -hmm. with her thick Irish brogue and her very different personality than Eliza Dooley. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I finally saw the pilot in full... I was very impressed with her performance, Mm -hmm. knowing how much of a performance it really was from her. Um, Much in the way that I could not appreciate, say, how magnificent Amy Ryan was in Gone Baby Gone Mm -hmm. until I saw her on The Office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's the same person? I I, thought that was really some trashy South Boston woman.
0: (laughs) I remember you know? seeing Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. and then immediately seeing him, like, a few weeks later in Casanova. Sure. And that that's really there kind of go. what I highlight. Yeah. And, and, no, my issue is not with Karen Gillan. I think she's a, a fine presence and a fine actress. Yeah. its It's—I think her character didn't do the show— any favors but I,
1: I just think that's ironic that her character is the show so i just think hmm. you're just you're you just you're not a big fan of the premise well I,
0: I see a show and i see we're looking at it like through her eyes and i think if we were to maybe shift focus from somebody else's eyes it would have been a
1: better show yeah but i i kind of i think we get it both hmm. ways though because we have that show you're hey <laughs> the cat bad wow. bad sergio I
2: have like, six cents for these like, things. It's like you were scolding Sam for a second I've, there. I, I was, I was scolding was.
1: behind Sam.
2: That is going to alarm your viewers, who are, <laughs> your listeners who are hearing this as they're trying to fall asleep. <laughs> they, are, they, they are used to it by now. Oh this happens God. a lot.
1: Usually he's, he's in the sink for some reason. Thanks, okay. Sergio. The cat gets in the sink. And he's a jerk. I digress. Uh, I don't remember where the hell I was. It's,
0: it's you're, fine. You're, you're
1: admonishing me for not. I was. No, I just. I, but I, I think we have, have it both ways. Mm. I think we have both ways. I think we have that show. That we have all the people. We have mm. all that drama, and we have the outsider who actually wants to be a part of that, mm. and yet she is withheld from that because of her upbringing. We found out that she was unpopular, and that she did everything in her power to become popular in a time when it's actually. Can be done. There are actual literal steps you can take to become popular on social media. Even though ultimately that doesn't mean you have any real, real friends, friends. And yeah. I think that Karen gillen does a really. I know. You, I know you said you actually liked her performance, but mm. I think she does a really remarkable job. I think her her physical humor in particular in this series is really deft. Mm. Like there's this um just the whole bit on the plane where she like breaks up with the guy in the pilot, uh, or he breaks up with her. And she immediately gets airsick twice in a row, and it's just her stumbling back to her seat, wielding two bags of sick like daintily between your fingers, and you're waiting for them to collapse, and they do, and it's really just perfect comic timing. And what mm-hmm. had she
0: been eating? Because it was like it was like that glop from I Come in Peace. It was like this like well she wow. was eating Mil- that Mil- glop.
1: Mil- that is Mil- quite piece, a deep
0: cut. You just in- well dude. it's called Dark Angel. Excuse me, Dark Angel. No, it's called I Come "It's, it's in No." Peace. It's been it's, re, it's been rebranded back. I, you go I, I... in pieces, <laughs>
2: asshole.
1: Now well, that, that well, movie well, well, taught, well, that well, movie well. in Hellraiser Three taught me that compact discs yeah. deadliest weapon
2: in the universe. That's
1: true, <laughs> deadliest weapon in the universe. Um, I you, think Karen was twenty
2: five years old by the way when we shot that pilot. Oh, well, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Keeping that in mind. No, no she's super talented. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I think it, 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 if I may, I think it is written as a tough role. Because if you lean into it too much one way, she's irredeemable yeah, and unlikable and can't carry a show because the viewers will just not like her and they'll be turned off. If you lean too far the other way, they will look at her and go... Why does she have to change? She's fine. She's like an awesome person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is. She really yeah. does have to toe the line, and I think Karen did a, a good yeah. job of that. Um, and, and I think beyond that, because I, I know you're not saying you have an issue with her, uh, I, I think it's a tough it's a tough role to write that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: and yeah, the, the the scenes of of Eliza sort of being schooled by the John Cho character and her trying trying to really kind of make things work those were kind of okay. It was, when she started to sort of reach into John Cho, and mm. he, this was a character. When she, starts changing, was, him. When she starts changing him. The abyss looks back. him, Yeah, yeah. She, the, 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 the nihilism just appears. She reaches and like, tries to pull him out of like, being a stick in the mud. Yeah. When I only ever saw him as being completely content and adult and complete the way he was. Well,
2: that's because he, you, a, you are know, also a giant nerd. I suppose so. But yeah, yeah so she's
0: trying to de-nerd him. He's, he's a, a quiet guy. He's yeah. very professional. He's good at his job. He goes home. He reads books. He eats well. He has it figured out. And yeah. this is why she I, goes to him. And I I kind of resent that we are meant to
1: cheer for his slobbing up a little bit. I think we're meant to cheer for both of them. Because yeah. they're both extremes. Mm -hmm. That's the deal. He is extremely reserved, and she is extremely whatever the opposite of that is. (laughs) I I went to school. uh, And they're sort of rubbing off on each other in Mm. ways that challenge them. There's a talk, there's an episode later on where John Cho and his girlfriend Julia... Karen Gillan, for his birthday, gets him tickets to a Blues Traveler concert, and he was like a fan in high school. Mm. And he was just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go to that. No, no, of,
0: nobody's a fan now, by the way, <laughs> unless I'm, they were fans in high school. I musical. am still
1: a fan of Blues Traveler, and I still mm. know the entire Hook from Hook. I've heard him sing it, guys. It's been pretty beautiful. It was a That's, good day. Oh, well,
0: yeah, you were there. We
1: all had a good time. Uh, but uh, he, he ends up having a good time, sort of in spite of himself, mm. Yeah, it was Ron Funches, wasn't it? In that scene, who was, was it? Who was the guy next to him? I didn't recognize him. I think it was comedian
0: Ron Funches. Cool. I'm pretty sure. Uh,
1: but he, he ends up actually pushing his date Julia like outside of her comfort zone, and she responds mm-hmm. really negatively to that. And they actually have a really nice conversation about that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's kind of what the whole show is kind of about. It's about people who developed a comfort zone, but it is a, a crutch. Mm-hmm. It has become it, it's functional, but it's maladaptive behavior, and mm-hmm. it's about people sort of learning to sort of work. Uh, uh, in a more uh, well-rounded way, I, my my mm. you know it's an, uh, it's an expression we've all heard, but it's something my mother hammered into me a lot was anything. Uh, it, it, what was it? Anything in extreme is a sin. You can do anything too much. Yeah, and uh, everything should be done with moderation, including moderation. Mm. Uh, and I think that's sort of like if the show has a point that isn't just sort of social media. Man, uh, I think that's it, and I mm. kind of like it. My only my biggest problem with it actually, and I think it's. Something that's hard to do in comedy, I think you can do it in a dramatic television series, and we see it a lot, a show that is based off of the idea of character development, people growing, evolving, or devolving over time. When you're doing a sitcom, and the entire purpose of the show is personal growth, you have a ticking clock on the show.
2: Sure. So
1: if she succeeds in her goal of becoming a better person, the show is over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, If she doesn't succeed, you start wondering why are they still doing the premise because obviously it's not working. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of, as sort of that premise starts to become less of the focus of the show, of him actually like giving her assignments, making her, you know, sort of realize that she's missing the meat and potatoes of the universe. um, They start really focusing on the romantic chemistry Mm -hmm. Karen Gill and John Cho has and they have good romantic chemistry and I really like them together. But then, it's once they're like, oh, God, they've already done the scene where he rides up to her on a horse. Mm-hmm. And this should be the end of the movie, if this was the movie. And then you realize, oh, wait. No, they want the and, show to keep going. And they,
0: and they even quote My Fair Lady in that point. Oh, they
1: do. They quote My Fair <laughs> Lady like, a couple
0: of times. And, like... Well, I mean, he says, I've grown accustomed to your face. I know. And it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I kept expecting him to sing that in the karaoke episode. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, at, at that point, like as soon as you have that horse point, it's just sort of just like, and they need to introduce a new love interest for him in order to artificially keep them apart as long mm. as humanly possible, which is exactly what they do. Yeah, yeah. although, I, and it starts feeling as, more and more ro- contrived.
0: Well, and as a romantic pair, I thought Julia was much more appropriate for him. I thought well. they had much more to talk about, even though they didn't talk. But that was sort <laughs> of like their shtick. And I, I started to you know think of like, is is there a show about like these really tight lipped people who try to have really repressed tight lit relationships and that show is Frasier so we kind of had it already Mm. Mm. Uh, and so yeah it just made me think this could be like sort of a a modern
1: update of Frasier but but Frasier wasn't about a successful romantic relationship Mm. that was boring Niles and Daphne Mm. are actually very different Niles is very reserved. Mm. Daphne, I, I wouldn't call her, like, she's not Dharma from Dharma and Greg, but she's way more laid back. Yeah. I think, well, that's, and, I think that's something romantic comedies mm. teach us, is that opposite, because that's something they teach you in screenwriting class. It's if you're doing a romantic movie, at the beginning of the movie, you can't imagine them together, and at the end, you can't imagine oh, them but, apart. So you try to make them as far apart as, as possible, and that sort of creates this idea amongst, in, in, in audiences, when you're, especially when you're young and impressionable, that romance is about fighting. <laughs> if you're not fighting the person you're in love with it's a bad relationship and I'm not sure that's healthy um,
0: Niles and Daphne though they didn't get together until like season 7 of that show or whatever Something it was like late like in the show like the joke for a long time was Niles had a crush on this woman and he just couldn't say anything because he was too uh, uptight mm. and married
2: uh, yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> mar- mar-
0: married <laughs> but it was off-
1: Maris off screen Maris <laughs> Maris, get- Maris is like the, <clears throat> the, 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 like the ultimate version of that Hallmark girlfriend or boyfriend you know the one that it's okay to cheat on because they don't like Christmas yeah. You know, yeah. like, he doesn't like Christmas, it's fine, I can totally date this other guy, it's fine. What is it, David yeah. Wayne?
0: The the Baxter.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's Showalter.
2: Showalter. Showalter, sorry. Did everyone do that one? No, nope. okay, The director, that's his, I believe that is Showalter's oh, directorial review.
1: I remember what happened, because the, the character of the Baxter was actually created for the script, they came together, but the Baxter was made first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They came together, so oh, fucking that's... brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, sorry, I, I've, I've kvetched too much about, no. about the show. I, I did like your character, and I think the scene you had with your uh, your father-in-law yeah. was one of the right. best, where we finally figured out what your character's talent was. Thank
2: you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so uh, glad you mentioned that, hmm. because that episode, um, we shot mm-hmm. um, that scene very differently. Really? Uh, originally. Hmm. We shot it, instead of a lunch in his office... He invited me, my character, just to his home. Okay. And so they built this whole set of David Saperstein's house. At least I think that was his character's It was name, right? Saperstein. David Saperstein. Yeah. Uh, Which David uh, Harewood. No, Sam Saperstein. Sam Saperstein, David sorry. Hayward played David ha- him. Ha- Harewood. Harewood. Played Sam Saperstein. Uh, David Harewood, by the way, terrifically talented actor. British. Mm. Uh, he was on the first two seasons of Homeland. He's That's, on Supergirl right now. Yep. He's great. That's how I knew him was the first two seasons He's of Homeland. He's so funny. On mm-hmm.
1: selfie, like he is, he has this funny. really bizarre character who is just has no sense of like personal space yep. and, and like what's inappropriate at the workplace, but without being creepy about right. it. It's a really difficult uh, thing yeah. to play. He's it. really funny.
0: The scene where he sings to the people who just sort of walk
1: through, he yeah. doesn't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, that that one, that one. Right and
1: then you come me. in and you don't have a song, and that's right. like
2: where this all comes from. Right. And so we, it was written as a, a, a much longer scene that took place at his home. The two of us sitting having dinner, uh, Batman's style at two ends of a very long table. <laughs> and, and then it ends kind of the same way with me, with, with him saying, you know, I just don't like you. And I'm like, well, and then I kind of explain why <laughs> that's crazy and what my view on life is and I really, really, really liked what we shot, and for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. the network or the studio or whomever just was not uh, on board with it. Mm -hmm. And so I was really bummed when I found out that they wanted us to, they were going to rewrite it and reshoot it as a lunch in his office, Mm -hmm. which I think was, the lunch in his office was uh, more a matter of, well, now that we have to reshoot this, we're going to do it cost efficiently. That set's already built. Right. Right. So that was kind of a bummer to me, but nevertheless, I still think the scene turned out well, and I was very glad that we had it because it's the first time you got to actually know something about my third <laughs> <story>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, which for a recurring on a season one of a show, that's mm. not a given. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how long did it take for on Friends for us to get to know anything about Gunther?) <laughs> <laughs> If you I, think about it. I did a, uh, mm-hmm. I saw
1: there's a great uh, article I read once that was trying to figure out the guy who played uh, uh, Big Fat Naked Guy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, ugly, ugly Naked Guy. Ugly, ugly Naked guy. Guy. Oh, I was being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be a jerk about it. Sure. Like, come on. Big yeah. Fat Beautiful Guy. We never guy. really
2: got a good look at him. We Maybe only he's saw, fabulous. It's true. We only saw his torso, his big gut in one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Where they poke him with the stick, and it looked like
1: my gut. So I was just like, oh. "I'm not ugly, so I don't know what this show is on about." I'm right. going to call him the You're, Big Vet. Yeah.
0: You're a sex knight. Are you kidding me? Sex <laughs> Six- knight, <laughs> Six- <laughs> Sir William Sex Knight.
1: I I like it. I also liked uh, uh, in the episode where you got to explain uh, that everybody is working for the weekend is not about working on the weekend. Right. (laughs) Uh, Which I actually, I was watching the episode and I was listening to John Cho explain that everybody who's working for The weekend is a a cheerful song about doing overtime. Mm -hmm. And I was convinced because I'd never listened to the lyrics.
2: (laughs) And then you set me straight. Thank you for that. My pleasure. I did not write that. And that was the first episode after the pickup that I appeared in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way my character was written in that episode is a little different than he was written afterward. Mm-hmm. That and happens a lot, like early
1: on, they and just find exactly. the... Exactly.
2: That is very common in comedy especially. They mm-hmm. call that uh, the, the blacksmithers yeah. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was concerned when I saw the next script and I was like, oh, well, I mean, I can do all of this, but it's going to be very different from what I played, kind of how I played this character in the last mm-hmm. episode. And I was like, eh. I don't think anyone's going to notice. <laughs> no. I'm probably the only it, person who. Will it's notice. it's really not that. It's not like you're. It's not like you're a jerk, right? You know, right? And like, so,
1: yeah. And so, I think actually, in the end, uh, I think did the episode. No, I guess that did air before the episode where you were the uh, uh, where you were at your father-in-law's estate. I think it did air before. Yeah. That. Mm. All right. Whatever. I for a minute I thought they took place. The opposite way, but well, that's fine.
0: But before you got to have that scene, that like moment of insight for your character, yeah. he, he was essentially like a whipping boy, like yes. got no respect from many characters. Uh, I mean, when you're sort of facing down the possibility of having to play a whipping boy type character mm-hmm. without the, necessarily the possibility of getting any insight, I mean. Was that a little disheartening that you just sort of play that sort of abused character week after week?
2: Uh, No, because uh, Emily had told me what the uh, season one storyline for that character was going to be uh, early on. So I knew that I was going to have that that showdown with the the father-in-law and they were going to have, you know, ultimately the, the hope was to expand the universe Mm. Uh, more than just the, the the John Cho Karen Gillan characters, because as you said, there's only so much you can do with that arc. Once you get there, where are you where are you going? And so that's why they wanted to expand the universe into Sam Saperstein's home life with Natasha Henstridge mm. and his daughter Haley Mary Norman, and then the son-in-law who he doesn't like, and now he does. And you know, and there was. The, the way those characters were written, there was a lot of fun stuff for them to explore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it did not get picked up beyond the original order, so they never got the chance to. But there there were a whole bunch of other things that they were going to do. So one of the things we, we actually uh, ask every episode on Cancel Too Soon is
1: what would happen if the show lasted 100 episodes. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, because that was how many episodes Puchinsky lasted in an alternate uh, reality on a different show. I, I think I think something like that. Whereas well, um, the first
0: episode we did of Cancel Too Soon was mm. on the pilot for Puchinsky, the uh, cop series where Peter Boyle dies in a car wreck and immediately is reincarnated as a bulldog and gets his job back as a cop. Wow. It's a talking bulldog cop show. I can't yeah. believe
2: that show didn't go on Yeah, over. I know. Really strange. Yeah.
0: So that was that was our the, the metric we came up with okay. for that, was that in an alternate universe, Puchinski lasted 100 episodes. Right. So, so we, now we have to ask.
1: So we try to imagine...
0: An episode of one, 100 of Selfie, what's going on.
2: Yeah, because you actually have some idea of where oh it was boy. actually going to go. So tell me about I what I you have know. episode 100, but here's what I would guess. Mm-hmm. I would guess by five seasons mm-hmm. in... Uh, the two of them are planning their own wedding at the very least. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, and then maybe that's the kind of thing where when they're planning the wedding, you know, after they've had several seasons of, I don't want to say will they, won't they, but like Ross Rachel, like they did get together in season two, but then there were misunderstandings that Mm -hmm. kept them kind of apart for several seasons after that. And, you know, uh, were they on a break? They were definitely on a break. So... Uh, <laughs> they, were. they were. They were. Here's the deal. Who's they, this were break, celeb- the yeah. they were on a break. the celebrity boyfriend?
1: They were on a break, but uh, she was on a break with the assumption that they would immediately
2: get back together again, and he just immediately slept with someone else, and so it's still a betrayal of trust. It's not. He A, he's not a mind reader. He thought she had just broken up with him. That's what he thought. She said, I want to take a break from us and he said well, what what do you mean and then he walked out and he's it's over it's over in Ross's mind and he's drinking and it's Angela fucking Featherstone you weirdo who's not going to with her? come on so they were on a break uh she had to forgive him and you know what eventually she did mm. yeah eventually it all worked out it's between season Ross and nine. Rachel season 9 sure it's not the point anyway
0: i've seen an episode of friends
2: there would have there would have been Back and forth, they're together, they're not together, is this going to work? She meets his family, he meets her family, the whole (laughs) deal and that could have easily lasted three seasons so season four is you know he proposes and then season five is the planning of the wedding that's what my guess is the hundredth episode would have been their wedding Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know at that point you're going to have the arcs that all the other characters have gone on since then maybe Sam Saperstein um, you know has sold the company maybe he's retired now maybe he lets his son-in-law run the company (laughs) instead you'd like that of course I would maybe one of the other characters Characters, maybe John Cho is running the company now, um, you know, or or his uh, you know executive vice president. He's got a much higher role in the company. Um, you know, there, there could be any number of things that that would have progressed between episode thirteen and one hundred. But you were talking about just the first
1: season. Yeah. You had some idea where? So you said there was actually going to be like some sort of conflict between uh, you and
2: Sam Shepard. Well, we sort you of you, you sort of saw the conflict play out in that. Uh, Sergio, <laughs> in that in that one major episode, um, and so then it was going to be uh, just a, little by little. Uh, this is awful. What was my character's name? Terrence. <laughs> Terrence. Thank Terrence? you. Yeah. It was Terrence? Okay. Little by little, Terrence kind of um, how Sam Sapperson softens up to him, and by the end of the first season, Sam was going to really like him. And the idea was for Terrence's role at the office to expand.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like going to turn out like real dark. Like you were actually just like going to be like it was all a sinister scheme to no. like get back at him like in profit. No, we're, his, but we're looking at it from a different perspective.
2: Terrence, Terrence's character was genuine and one of the most. One, it's one of the characters that I've never felt as good like in a mental headspace afterward uh, playing that character than anything else I've ever done because he's yeah. so upbeat. Mm. What, what's what been the
1: aftermath of Selfie like do people like, talk about Selfie with you do you hear people very
2: talk? very rarely do people mention it to me which is a bummer because uh, my view on it having seen as many of the episodes as I did uh, and the only reason I haven't seen the rest is because they cancelled the show and I don't have a Hulu subscription mm-hmm. um I thought it was a really smart show. I thought it was a really well-written show and a, a very nice modern-day take on uh, Pygmalion, My Fair Lady. And the most unfortunate thing it had going for it was the title. Uh, that word, especially in 2014, had a lot of negative association.
1: Mm. It sounds like you're pandering. It sounds like yeah, you're doing a yeah. poochie. Like, ah, oh, kids will like it. It's good mm-hmm. Selfie.
0: And, well, yeah. I, I understand why they did it, because, you know, self-portrait, but also Selfie. It's personally it like
1: appropriate. Well, and, yeah, She's her, selfish.
0: Selfish, yeah, yeah. It's kind of right. slang. You're, you're feeling so Selfie today. I'm surprised they never actually used it in that way in, mm. in the course of the show. Oh, I'm
2: glad they did I think their problem was... Um, and it didn't, uh, you know, uh, ruin them ultimately, but, like, Cougar Town. Mm. Mm. You know, after, what, season two of Cougar Town, uh, it had nothing to do with them being Cougars at all. <laughs> yeah. Even remotely. And hmm. so they thought about changing the name of the show because their numbers weren't huge. Mm-hmm. And they were like, people are turned off because they think if they watch this show, it's about a bunch of middle aged to old ladies trying to fuck young dudes. Yeah. And that's not at all what that show was beyond the first 10 episodes. And again, like that. that's the sort of thing when you're doing a comedy and you have like this very direct and
1: simple premise. Yeah you might run out of material mm. for that and you see right. that a lot like what, try watching like one of the later episodes of Third Rock from the sun all the alien shit is gone yeah. they've been on earth for so long you can't do a fish out of water jokes exactly. anymore you're just out of material yeah. and it's a shame it's like every single show with a premise like that you can only get so much out of it right. when I was watching Selfie there's a lot I like about Selfie I like the cast I like the tone Some of the episodes are hit and miss. I thought the whole episode where they go on, like, this sort of work retreat to this, like, mud run. The mud run, yeah. Felt like kind of a disposable episode, and it really just didn't contribute anything, Mm -hmm. and a lot of characters regressed. Mm -hmm. That happens in a comedy. They can't all be winners. But, um... Like all of a sudden, it's really important to John Cho to do really well in like a mud run, and, and to like this, yeah. in- well, it, it felt like him. they were trying to beef up Eliza's because they got rid of John Cho's girlfriend, so the only impediment to them actually being together at that point was Eliza's boyfriend Freddie. So they started making him a bigger character. Mm-hmm. He started being nicer, but they also started getting more competitive and jealous of the Henry character, and so they had to have a mud wrestling fight. Meanwhile, uh, Eliza's sister's in town, and she's. Not that bad, which doesn't really make for great comedy either. That whole episode felt like just kind of like a stick in the mud. Uh, Ha! Yeah. Uh. I have a podcast. But uh, I I feel like this. I know I was there. My thing is this. When I'm watching Selfie, I feel like Selfie would have been a great movie. Mm. Like, a really sharp, funny, slightly eccentric romantic Mm. comedy hits a lot of the familiar beats. Same cast. Same cast! That would have been a great comedy. I would have loved that. And it feels like the show is at its best when it's playing like sort of like a protracted romantic comedy. But then the the steps it took in order to perpetuate itself felt forced or unnecessary. Mm. It ends with just... I mean, it ends when it ends, because... It got canceled, not because they had any intention to do so, but the ending we got is exceptionally dissatisfying because, it because ends, they don't get together. <laughs> and I think they did. Maybe I'm curious. Did they know they were being canceled before they finished the last episode? Do you have uh, any knowledge? I do know they absolutely did not know because mm. it plays a little bit like they added like a montage to the last episode yeah. that's just sort of like, oh, look at all the places that we've been, and then it ends with John Cho saying, well,
2: next time I won't, I won't mess it up." Right. Well, that, that, that's. Uh, after they knew they were, uh, uh, I think fearing it, they had cut that episode differently mm-hmm. um, when it aired, uh, and that was the one that aired on Hulu, right? Yeah, it was the last episode. So yeah, oh, at sure. that point they were able to cut it, knowing the show was not going to go on anymore. Yeah, it feels like they they wanted to give
1: it a little something, like at the end of like uh, was it Fate of the Fate of the Furious? No. No, uh, Fury 7. Fury Fury 7, where they add that huge stuff. Yeah, yeah, that hugely, like, you know, like, oh, we're saying goodbye to Brian. Oh, we love Brian. And it makes sense with Paul Walker, but it makes no sense with Brian because you can always call Brian. Yeah, Bri- like Bri- Brian's just like going off with your sister, man. You know them. You can talk at yeah. any time. You were way more depressed about Brian retiring to live in an idyllic island with his wife and child than you were about Han dying. <laughs> God, that made me upset. That's such a weird choice. Well, they didn't know but, Han
2: until later. Like they knew Han know. the whole you time. You as well as I do. You just said it. That had nothing to do with the Brian character. Mm. I know. Well, that's yes. Yeah, so uh, my point is, when you're watching it within the context of the movie, it doesn't sure. make sense. Uh, well, hang on. Are you telling me that there are things that don't make sense in the Fast and Furious? <laughs> uh, there is two things. <laughs> there's
1: that. Them's the two. That's that's the one. And the other one is everyone has plus two hundred invincibility against uh, cars. We have articulated this many times. The funniest line, <laughs>
0: the, arguably, <laughs> May I, <say>
1: it? <laughs> I, I think it's the funniest line mm-hmm. of the decade, mm-hmm. is in Fast and Furious Six. They, when, when, when Letty says to the Dom... There's, there's, a,
0: there's a scene, a uh, big action sequence, yep. and she has fallen from, from a great height. Mm. She's been and flung off of a tank. She's been flung off of a tank, and Vin Diesel is on the hood of a speeding car, and yeah. he's able to crash the car using the momentum to fly through the air and catch her midair, yeah. and they land on a car. Yeah. Later on, they're recapping, you know, they're, they've re- they're relieved that they survived, they're having drinks. Two yeah. scenes later. Two scenes later, and she walks up to him and says, how do you know there was going to be a car there to break our fall? Cars don't break falls. Cars break bodies. <laughs> cars, cars, yeah, it's a big chunk if, of metal. If you land on the
1: street, <laughs> you're no better off. You know, it's like when you see like people like oh that oh you know, like Hans Gruber and Die Hard. Oh, maybe he fell in a car. True. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's a, the thing I don't like I love it but that's the stupidest How thing. how did you know
0: there was going to be a car there to yeah. break our fall It's not a ma- it wasn't like a chicken truck or a mattress truck it was just
1: I, a, okay. I, I, car. I interviewed the writer of the Fast and Furious movies <laughs> and I asked him about that line yeah. and he was just like I know yeah. <laughs> We had to we had to put something we in I there to justify that something down <laughs> People would have said something Um, if we said nothing. All right, well, (laughs)
2: let me. Here are two things that I want to say about selfie. One's broad, one's specific. The first is with comedies, Uh, when you're dealing with both the pilot and the first season of any new show, typically speaking, of a comedy pilot, the pilot is going to be the worst episode of the first season. And beyond that, the first season, if it's a long running show, will be the weakest of all the seasons. Generally speaking, that's. Because comedy is about knowing the characters and putting them in humorous situations, and that only works once you know your characters. Dramas are almost always the reverse. The most interesting episode of the first season of Most Dramas is going to be the pilot, and they usually get, uh, I don't want to say worse, but... A perfect example is Heroes. Yeah. The first season of Heroes. The pilot of Heroes, the whole first season, and then everything after that, you're like, oh, man, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. <laughs> yeah, And then you look at a show like Seinfeld or Friends even, and which is not to say they had bad pilots or bad first seasons, but compared to, say, seasons three through five of either of those series, it pales in comparison. Absolutely. So it's tough for a show like this For Selfie to really put its stamp on what it is, how it wants to relate to its fans, what the message is trying to get out there through any episode, through the first season, Um, they, they already had that working against it. And so I would have, of course, loved it to at least get a full first season so they could really finish what they had started with that arc. Um, and then, of course, I would have loved to have gotten many more seasons, but at least the first one, the back nine, I know it really bummed a lot of us out that it, Selfie couldn't get the back nine. And, um, and so, you know, that, that, that really did stink, certainly from uh, a professional standpoint as an actor, but also as like a fan standpoint. I, I was enjoying the show. The specific thing I want to say about Selfie is, to my knowledge, it was the first show on a major network that had as its male lead an Asian American actor. Mm. This is before point, Fresh yeah. Off the Boat. Huh. This is before Doctor Ken. Oh, um, American Girl. American Who dated it. Yes, man. but that's a female lead. Oh, touche. Okay. Fair, uh, fair. Uh, touche. And 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 Margaret Cho had a big comedy filing. Uh, Martial no, 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 Law fo- Following. Okay, okay. Martial so law. Sam com- hung. so comedy. Oh, yeah. eh, half yeah. hour, half okay, hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this this was the first half hour comedy to have an Asian American actor as its male lead. To my knowledge, I may yeah. be wrong, but it it was certainly very novel. Even if you can't think, but exactly. exactly. Yeah, and and and, and, and there, there weren't a lot of
0: romances between as- Asian men and, and, and Caucasian women. Exactly, so yeah,
2: yeah. and so that was it. Was really really refreshing to see that. I was very happy when they told me about the pilot. When they made me the offer, and they told me who's in it, and what what mm-hmm. the thing was, I was like, that's. Awesome! <laughs> I'm I'm a thrilled for my pal John, but beyond that, really happy that ABC is doing it properly because, um, as a supporting actor, which is what I've been the bulk of my career, when a network is casting a pilot, and this has been true almost forever, at least the modern era of TV, when they are like, oh, we gotta we gotta diversify this thing up, we gotta really good diversify it. No, you're not diversifying anything if your two leads are always going to be Caucasian actors and then the co-worker is Mm. the the sassy black girl and the guy's office cubicle mate is the smart Indian guy. You're not diversifying anything. You're playing into the same stupid fucking stereotypes that we're trying to break. Mm. That's why it really excited me that John was going to be the lead actor here. And... Um, and, and so I, I wanted to see more things like that. And I mean, there have been slightly more, uh, you know, gambles like that in, in pilots the last few years, but I hoped that this show had been a little more successful, to prove to the networks you don't have to have a Caucasian male lead, you don't need Josh Lucas <laughs> to sell your d- dashing male lead character, let it be a super charming Asian American actor, let it be a super charming Indian American actor, there are plenty of them out yeah. there, so well, uh, I don't know. I, I just I want to throw it, it out there, we had John Cho this whole time, they
1: tried so hard to make Josh Lucas happen <laughs> <laughs> and I like that, Lucas is fine, yeah but he was never as charismatic as John Cho. Well, ever, and, and I'll
0: say this for selfie. You know, we mentioned we were going to do this show. Everybody said do selfie because it's fresh in our minds and it's something mm-hmm. we really enjoyed. And I, I don't think like it, yeah. I don't think there any of of uh, you on the cast suffered as a. As a result of this show failing, it's,
1: a, it's, it's not like cop rock. Yeah, Everyone's not like, kind of vaguely embarrassed by it, right? Like, I mean,
0: this is not something like right. if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, I loved you in selfie," you would engage them. It's sure, like, yeah, yeah, thanks for mentioning that one. Right. I, and I and like and I
1: can't selfie. imagine anyone saying, Oh selfie," I can't believe you did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. think that's a thing. It's no, just a show that yeah, didn't. Yeah, no one
0: no to like hide their face and say, "Oh, don't mention that one." Everyone seemed like they had a good time making it. We certainly and people did. and everybody I've talked to has seen it, really enjoyed watching oh, well, that's it. So, and I'm I'm guessing none of the actors are going to go in and say, "I was." And selfie and the, the executives aren't going to say great, right? that's a, a plus
2: <laughs> no, it, it certainly never uh, c- counted against me uh, but that's more the safety of being a supporting actor um, <laughs> the only way you're really at risk mm. uh, for being on a show that is uh, mocked is if you are the lead of the show and or uh, and more specifically you are the lead of the show and your name is in the title and then it is a failure. Mm. David I,
1: Cassidy, Man Undercover.
2: Uh, Andy sure. Richter
0: controls the universe. Uh, mm.
2: Yeah, and so because Andy oh, that has a cult following, it like, does have I, a cult I, following. I take that show a lot. Actually, I loved yeah. that show. But had that show been both a uh, uh, a, a, a a not successful with uh, numbers and uh, or or the critics, mm-hmm. he never would have acted again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean. You know, so that's I, I don't want to. Th- uh, let's see. Here's an example: uh, the Michael Malley show. <laughs> exactly, uh, you've Michael never Ma- heard. Maybe I vaguely I remember that. The Michael O'Malley show was an NBC show. The exact same year, Freaks hmm. and Geeks got picked up. Okay, um, it was a 1999 show, and Michael O'Malley was at the time a semi-successful touring stand-up comedian that a lot of people knew, but most didn't. And so NBC really took a a, a gamble, putting a a somewhat unknown comedian's name in the title of a show. And unfortunately, it was not a terribly successful or critically well-received show. And that would have cost Mike O'Malley a lot had he not had a lot of fans within the industry. And that's how he wound up on Yes Dear the very next year. There you Mm -hmm. go. You know, I, this is actually, like, going back to a point you said about how comedies
1: take time to find themselves, because you're right, it is just about finding a good character. The, an example I use a lot is, when you know a character real, real well, and they're super well defined, you drop into any situation, that's it's funny. Mm-hmm. The er example I always go to is, uh, Niles from Frasier goes to a heavy metal concert. You mm. can see the whole episode. Yeah. Yep. Like, right in your head. Boom. You know the episode, and you know it's funny. Mm. Or um, Homer Simpson. But this is actually one of the reasons why we, we don't review as many comedies on Cancel Too Soon is because a lot of comedies that get canceled too soon, they're not interestingly bad. They just didn't find themselves, didn't Mm -hmm. have the time to find themselves. They're not, like, particularly distinctive. I think Selfie was partly for what you said for the casting of John Cho. Sure. Partly because I think it's actually, like, often, not always, but very smart about the way it tries to incorporate social media into a narrative that's Mm -hmm. hard to do. I think it, it succeeds more often than it fails. Um, but like you know a lot of the shows that are just sort of just like oh yeah mm. remember when George Carlin had a show where he worked in a bar oh god I remember yeah. that the it, George Carlin show yeah, yeah. it was alright mm. it's yeah. not very nice to talk about it's, it's not like we, one of these days soon we're going to get to Charlie Hoover <laughs> <laughs> yeah we will with the with the guy with the uh, uh, imaginary friend who's like a two foot tall Sam Kennison. Mm-hmm. that's a thing you know, we're going to get to that
0: George Carlin show was the first show I ever saw that had a coming out scene no kidding yeah like the, I or, the episode, or, I'm sure there were plenty before that. It was just the first one. I, I remember the episode where uh, his character
1: confessed to having sex with a fish. It's a weird show. <laughs> the jokes were weird. The mm-hmm. setups, not so much. Hmm. So, uh, last uh, last but not least, let's let's uh, conclude this with our uh, uh, question every time. Was Selfie canceled too soon, Sam? Uh, 100%. I figured you'd say that. You're very unbiased. I like that. Yeah, well, uh, Whitney, be honest. Uh,
0: I, I, I Don't worry about but, my
2: feelings. I'm not Emily. I didn't what, create
0: it. What I see now, no. I, I don't want to see more of the show as it stands, but you did bring up the excellent point that comedies do need time to grow. Yeah. So maybe I would have loved season three of Selfie. Yeah. I don't like season one of Selfie as much as I could.
1: Okay. Um, I think it's hit and miss here, and I think it is finding its footing. Uh, I love the cast. I love a lot of the characters. I think it was canceled too soon, but I stand by. I think what it really needed to be was a movie. Yeah. I think it's got just the right amount of material, the great supporting cast members. This Honestly, if she dusted off the pilot and a couple of the later episodes and like reworked it into a rom-com that would be a great way to sort of revisit the material and kind of show people just how great it was. Mm-hmm. I think it has the chops. I think it would have been really solid. Um, but yeah, I liked it. And I'm glad, I'm glad we finally discovered it. It has like a good old-fashioned vibe to it. Um, like an old-fashioned like movie comedy vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I can see like this being an Astera Rogers movie. Like really. So without, <laughs> yeah. maybe, with, maybe with or without the dancing. There's actually like with a couple the, of bits. of the dancing? There's a couple of bits at the beginning. Like in the first episode, John Cho has a monologue that rhymes Mm. And I first I was like, "Are they going to do a musical number? Because I buy it."
0: Would have been the second musical show in as many weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll need to find more of them. W- would there have been a song about selling infants?
1: I'm your <laughs> baby merchant. Oh, boy. We're going to bring that back every single episode. Thank God. We're going
0: uh, to replace our theme song with the baby merchant song. No, I
1: don't think we're going
2: to do that. No, we're I think really we make good money
1: for that theme song. Okay,
2: do That's it. True. No, who's going to sue you for that? <laughs>
1: The cop rock people are going to come after us. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so everybody, thank you very, very much for listening to Cancel Too Soon. Uh, if you've been watching us for a while, you might have noticed, listening to us for a while, you might have noticed that this is episode 99. Uh, we've been counting down uh, three of our most requested shows. Ever. We started with Cop Rock, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually uh, uh, voted on by our Patreon uh, subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash uh, for to vote for an episode every month, uh, to get exclusive content. Uh, we're also going to be adding a perk where you can force us to write articles for Critically Acclaimed, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll be adding very, very soon. Stick around for that. Uh, but for our 100th episode, we wanted to do the show that, apart from Firefly, <laughs> which we're still not doing... Not going to do Firefly. We have 250 Patreon subscribers. We'll do Firefly. That's our goal. Our most requested show ever, easily, coincidentally, also stars Stan Levine. Hmm? Oh, yeah. It's a little <laughs> show called Wet Hot American... So- no, it's, uh, it's Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> Never heard of it. It's uh, <laughs> Freaks drove? and or Geeks. That would
2: work so much better if I hadn't told that Tom Wilson story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, man, freaks and geeks, freaks and geeks, freaks and geeks. The selfie of
1: 1999. There you go. Uh, It's it's a show that launched a lot of careers, um,
2: and it's a show that still has a lot of fans.
0: Well beloved, critically acclaimed, and And I've
1: never seen it baffling one hundred
2: percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: No kidding. Yeah, that's a, a a rare feat. It is. Uh, so that is our 100th episode, and Sam, you're welcome to come back. We're going to try to work on our schedules. Yes. Yeah, because you're a busy to. guy. I hope to very much come back. Big, important to actor. That with you. And fun fact, we had actually originally gotten Sam to, to agree to do Freaks and Geeks, and then we were going to do Selfie anyway, and I watched the pilot, and I was like, is that hey. Sam? <laughs> we should even, it'd be weird if we didn't ask him to do both, and so fortunately you were available. There you and go. And a real treat. Thanks, pal. So yeah, uh, th- thanks for coming on. Oh, so a uh, pleasure. My you're going to get the behind-the-scenes scoop on freaks and or geeks. No, it's who, just freaks uh, and geeks. I don't. I haven't watch watched it them. yet. <laughs> no, don't spoilers. There are freaks and there are geeks. Both of those things are in the show. Well, now I've lost interest. Now I've, it's ruined. The mystery is gone. <laughs> I know who Kaiser Soze is damn it wow. uh, everybody thank you very very much for listening uh, you can find us on Twitter I'm at William Bibiani I'm at Whitney uh, We're the show is at CancelCast and again patreon.com slash cancel too soon if you want to uh, contribute to the show get exclusive bonus content the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie uh, our new bonus podcast Only the Best where we're reviewing every single Best Picture winner in order uh, Best Picture yeah. nominee, nominee awesome. yeah. every single Best Picture nominee in order that's going to be a lot of fun uh, and uh, also again Force us to write articles uh, wherever you want. Uh, Sam, besides in Christian's office polishing your belts, where can yeah. people find you?
2: You can find me on the Twitters. Uh, I'm at Sam Levine, S-A-M-M-L-E-V-I-N-E. Same handle over at the Instagrams. And uh, every Sunday, no, not we tape on Sunday. They drop on Tuesday. You can catch me on Kevin Pollock's chat show, our podcast we've been doing over nine years now. Uh, that's on Earwolf and, and Good show, iTunes. Too. Oh, thanks! That's and, great show. and YouTube uh, and uh, the movie trivia, Schmodown, and uh, I don't know. I've got some TV stuff coming up, but uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> I do. <laughs> all right, I'll be on uh, Drunk History uh, all ah, summer, yeah. and then I've got a uh, later in the summer uh, a show on True TV called Bobcat Goldthwaite's Misfits and Monsters. Ah, oh, that's fine. Cool. Uh, that I did. Uh, it's an cool. anthology series, so I'm in one of the episodes, and I don't have an air date on that, but. Uh, Boy, is that! I'm looking forward to watching that thing. Here. So it's like one yeah. misfit or monster every. Yeah, year, right it's episode? like a Twilight Zone each. Each. Uh, episode. Can you, can oh, you, so can you give great. us like a hint about your episode's uh, about? Mine is called Mermaid, and I will leave uh, it at that. Nice. Yeah. C- that yeah. can can sounds you, fun. Can you tell us what story you'll be saying on Drunk History? Or I uh, am no not secret? the narrator. I'm the reenactor.
1: Oh. oh okay. okay. Nice. Can you
2: tell us who you play? Uh, I could if I remembered the guy's name. <laughs>
1: uh, he, he started American history,
2: Roman history. He started the ASPCA. There you go.
1: Okay. That's going to be a very specific episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, Sam, thank you very much. And hopefully, we will see you next week. But if not, we will forgive you.
2: All right. Fair enough. Thank you.
1: Uh, Everybody, thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, Come back for our 100th episode, Spectacular. uh, And that is a wrap. We'll see you next season.